You are listening to Move With Radiance with Stephanie Dankelson, a podcast all about redefining your relationship to exercise, food, and your body by learning how to first redefine the relationship with yourself. Are you ready to discover your inner truth, your inner radiance? Because there is a more freeing way to be fit. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Move With Radiance. I, as always, am so grateful you're along for the ride, and we have a really good episode today. (laughs) I'm super stoked about it. I think I've said this before, but um, I think it's just so funny how there's topics or things that I really so desperately want to share with you all, but just can't quite figure out how to get all of it out to you. And, you know, I go into these interviews with like all these questions lined up and this, this direction of where I want to take everything. And it's just been so beautiful to let our natural flow and conversation guide us and uncover and release all of these things that I've actually really have been wanting to talk about, but didn't know how. And so these podcast episodes have been the vehicle for that. And I'm just uh, so excited. (laughs) So, um, yeah, so ready for you guys to hear, hear this, this convo today. Um, a little bit before we get into the meat of it, um, I'm actually in Colorado this week visiting uh, my boyfriend's parents and we, have had some really big changes this week that we've been navigating. Um, we moved to a new apartment and which is kind of in a city, um, outside of where we were living before. So a new city in Utah. And, um, we picked up, uh, the van that Eric bought. (laughs) So we will be transforming that into an adventure rig for the future. Um, and then we also picked up our puppy this weekend. Uh, her name is Emmy. She is an English shepherd and I am so in love with her already. (laughs) Um, just a lot of really big changes and it's been interesting, like navigating, all of these emotions that have been coming up because while things are so excited and these, these are things that Eric and I have been, um, like we've set these intentions for our life and like these big things have been things that we've been working towards. And now that they're starting to come into fruition, it's, you know, hard to step back and not like self-sabotage or, you know, I think when a lot of good things happen or a lot of change happens and you know that there's a lot of good things coming up, it's easy to then go into this like, oh, well, all this good is happening. Where's the bad coming? And, you know, rather than just enjoying what's coming your way and, um, not automatically finding ways to self-sabotage your progress (laughs) because I think that's a very easy thing to do. And then it brings up stuff of, um, you know, am I worth having this, this dream? Is this something I deserve, you know, and learning to recognize when those kinds of deep rooted beliefs are coming up and to say, you know, to start redirecting our energy and our thoughts into, yes, I do deserve this. Yes, I am worthy. And really starting to pay attention to those things. (laughs) Um, One other thing I wanted to talk about that actually got brought up in my class this week with my certification program, if 
I keep mentioning this, but just for any new listeners, I am currently enrolled in, it's called Hungry for Happiness um, Coaching Certification Program. And essentially, I'm just really trying to learn how to be the best coach I can be for you all um, with in, in, in terms of disordered eating and exercise addiction and the relationship we have to our bodies. And it's amazing because, it, and we actually touch on a lot of the things we're learning about right now in this episode. Um, but we haven't really talked too much about food because food and the way we feel about food and our actions around food and exercise stem from these core beliefs that we um, actually need to address in order to change our relationship to these things. And so it's really interesting because we don't actually talk much about food or exercise or any of those things at all. It's very internal, a lot of deep core um, work that we're doing. It's just extremely transformative and I am learning so much about myself and I seriously cannot wait to um, be the coach for you all and, and share this information with you and help you with your own um, internal um, stuff that you're working through. But this week we, we we're, we're dealing, we're digging into forgiveness and not only with forgiveness, um, with other people, but forgiveness within ourselves. And I'll probably talk about that more a little bit next week, but this week she also, my coach also brought up, um, just something on a side note around like stress and, um, this feeling of like anxiety and, and uneasiness and how, in a, it's funny that she kind of brought this up because I feel that I've been, something I've been dealing with over the weekend as, you know, you kind of get out of your routine and a lot of stuff changes and, um, I'm taking some time off of work and I've sort of stepped away from social media for a little bit. And so feeling, you know, feeling a little behind and I started getting feelings of stress and anxiety. And in the past, stress and anxiety would be something that I would either suppress or recognize as, as like a normal state for myself or, um, try and fix it you know, well, where is my, why, where am I, why am I stressed? Where's it coming from? How can I do this? I don't, you know, maybe I should meditate. Maybe I should do morning routine. Maybe I should, uh, go to yoga class and all these kinds of things to actually like fix the stress. And in my mind, stress and anxiety was wrong. Like it was bad. It was not a good thing that I was feeling it. And something she reminded us of last night was that these things are just emotions and things that are trying that like are present in our bodies. And rather than labeling them as bad and rather than trying to understand like the why and where is this coming from and how can I fix it? It's like, how can I feel into this? How can I be present in this current moment? Feel into the stress, feel into the anxiety, say that it's okay. Love the emotion, recognize that there is no such thing as a bad or a good emotion. They're all feelings that are allowed to be equally expressed and have a, a platform to be expressed. How can we feel into that, process it, and then move forward? How can we then say, what do I need right now? What, what do I need to process? You know, all this kind of stuff. And so, um, I just wanted to share that because I think we do get into the habit of labeling these things as good and bad. And we try and let our mind fix the, fix the problem. And we go down the rabbit hole of why, and rather than experiencing the emotion in the present, 
maybe if we want to go back and reflect, we don't have to go into the why we can, you know, understand, okay, I was feeling this because of this deep core rooted belief that I have. How can I change that belief and then move forward, right? It doesn't have to be this long spiral of why and where and how, and you know, it just is what it is. Um, so I just want to, if you're feeling any of those kinds of emotions, just know it's okay, know it's valid and, and let it happen. Your body knows what to do with it. And we'll talk about all these things today. So that was a long, uh, a long little winded, um, side note there, but wanted to just share that because I've, it's been on my heart. So the conversation we're going to be listening to today is, um, actually my first interview with two people. And these folks are amazing. Jess and BJ, they, um, have a website called the uh, Yogi triathlete. And I just, like I said before, I had a totally different direction of where I wanted to go with this conversation. And the way that it ended up going is it's one of my favorite conversations. I loved everything we dug into. Um, we go into things like, um, actually feeling and leaning into our emotions and like getting out of our own way when we're actually doing so, um, the scarcity versus a mind, uh, the scarcity versus abundance mindsets, um, how our beliefs, thoughts, and feelings affect our actions and therefore our results in life, setting an intention and energetically aligning our choices around that intention and how our triggers are a vehicle for our healing, white light pantsuits, <laughs> and so much more. Um, I'm really excited for you to um, hear this today. And before we do that, let me tell you a little bit more about Jess and BJ. Yogi Triathlete is the lifestyle, wellness, and coaching team of Jess and BJ Gumkowski. It is centered around their passion for sharing a recipe of vibrancy that has transformed the way they approach everything in their life. It is a recipe that takes the work out of life and gives entry to the coveted flow state. Jess and BJ refer to this process as tapping into the inner badass. Jess is a 500-hour live, love, teach, trained yoga and meditation instructor, board-certified massage therapist, four-time Ironman triathlete, two-time 50K ultra runner, vegan lifestyle coach and educator, writer, speaker, and podcast host. She credits mindfulness practices and high vibrational eating with creating significant and mindful changes in her health, career, and relationships, and holds both essential to peak performance in sport and life. BJ is a 13-time Ironman triathlete, Ironman 70.3 World Championship, and Boston Marathon qualifier, personal trainer, triathlon, and running coach, and a 200-hour Live, Love, Teach trained yoga instructor. He is a wellness advocate and is certified in plant-based nutrition from the T. Colin Campbell Center for Nutrition Studies. His zeal for life is infectious, as is his passion for serving those around him and achieving their greatest dreams. I so hope you enjoy this episode, and here is BJ and Jess. Hello! Welcome! Hello! <laughs> this is my first dual, uh, uh, what's the word? Duo. It's like dual. Duo podcast interview. Yeah. Well, we, got, we have a podcast of our own, so we're... We're, we've got our group. We're still finding our groove, but it's pretty smooth. Yeah. It's like the lean in, the lean yeah, out. Like, like oh, oh, you have a question. Oh, back up. I know. Like I'll see like he, he'll, uh, like you start to lean in and, hold then, that thought, hold that thought. and then if I have something that I really want to own the mic, I gotta, I gotta lean in fast and quick, but we got a groove, so it yeah. should flow pretty well. Awesome. I know. I see the, the working together here. People can't see it, but it's, it's good. <laughs> 
So I always start my podcasts. I just, I love hearing a little bit from you and just kind of, I know saying your story is a really big sentence or a big question, (laughs) Um, but maybe just tell everyone a little bit about you two. I guess you could hop back and forth, but whatever, wherever you want to start with letting everyone know who you are and, and what you do and all that. Yeah, well, we're Jess and BJ, and we're both endurance athletes. We've been endurance athletes for over a decade. BJ's been in the sport of triathlon for 14 years, and I've been, I was in triathlon for, gosh, up until last year, 12 years, mm-hmm. and then I got into ultra running. So now that's my jam. And um, personally, I am a yogi. I, I mean, I'm a yogi. In all senses of the word, I live the eight limbs. I, you know, it's not just gymnastics on the mat. Um, I've been through a lot of, you know, self-realization through the practice of, of self-study. In, in my journey with yoga, I started in the early 1990s practicing yoga and wanted nothing to do with mindfulness or meditation. I was like, save it. <laughs> and um, it was in my late 30s that it just absolutely got to a point where there was no, there was nothing else i had exhausted everything and it's like i brought that in and everything like just leveled up and and um and i worked through a lot of stuff and now i teach meditation and we're also podcasters and we're vegan so we're vegan endurance athletes and we're getting enough protein. Um, so our business is Yogi Triathlete and we are on a mission to create a better world. So we do triathlon and run coaching, mindfulness and meditation. We do one-on-one. I co-facilitate an online meditation community. It's a mindful living and meditation community. It's called the M21 Revolution. It's like crazy how it all came into fruition and where it's going and how it's growing and the shifts that these people are making not only in their lives, but in the world. And, um, and then we do plant-based nutrition consulting, especially for athletes who are looking to, they're curious, like we were curious about, wow, people are running ultra marathons and, you know, PJ's, uh, one of the top age group Ironman triathletes in the world right now, currently number two in the world and number one in, in the country for his age group. And this dude's doing it all on plants. So, um, but it's the recipe and, and I know we're going to talk about that recipe, but it's the recipe and PJ, why don't you say, I mean, I kind of said yeah, about us, but yeah, it's a good, good overview. I'm, I'm, what's your role in Yogi triathlete? What's my role? I'm head triathlete. So I'm, I'm pursuing, my passion right now. So it took me a while to understand that I really like to do triathlon. Like I really love everything about it. And I've had this itch to coach for so long and coach basketball is where I I really, um, was really my sport growing up. Like I just loved basketball. And so obviously that didn't pan out. So I needed to do something to keep me active and, you know, we moved to Boulder in 2001 and right then I got in, uh, introduced to the endurance community. So mountain biking, I got right into a mountain bike race six months after moving there from sea level <laughs> to a mile up. Let's just go do a sick hundred mile mountain bike race in Vail, Colorado at 10,000 feet. Right. Amazing. Um, and so that was the start of it. And I actually failed. I didn't complete that race. Uh, I didn't make the time cutoff. And what it sparked was this, was this 
inside determination that, you know, I can, I can do, I can figure this thing out. I need to go back and do this next year and figure out how to get, how to get this thing done. And so that's, I think really where things started to, 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 you know, I don't know, like, uh, blossom. Yeah. Like fill like, out. And simmer. Just, like just, there was... It just touched something so deep within me that, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't resist it. So I came back the following year and I, and I finished it hmm. and that started the following year after that, I started triathlon and then that's just, then I did Ironman and then I did two Ironmans and then I DNF'd in an Ironman and I took some time off and then I came back and I've just completed my 13th Ironman. Um, I did three last year. I'm doing more this year and I just feel so good. And the point of all this is like, I have all this knowledge. I have 14 years of this knowledge and it's, it needs to be shared. It needs to, it needs to come out. And as we were talking before the podcast, like help people like deal with and work with things that are not particular to this. Like it's not the sport. It's not the swim, bike and run. It's not the yoga pose. It's not the, the relationship to food. It's it goes deeper. Like there's deeper meaning to all these relationships that you have. And we can, we, when we can get through that, wow. Like we're not just coaching athletes in triathlon. We're, we're life coaching people. Hmm. And I think that's, that's really where we are now. Um, I'm a yogi too. You know, I became a yoga teacher. I'm certified in plant-based nutrition and um, triathlon and running coach. And it's everything I love and I'm doing what I love. And it hasn't always been that way. So I'm really soaking this up and, and just sharing the knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. It hasn't always been that way. We've both done things that we don't love and we're firm believers that we must do what we love in this life. We must do what we love. And I can tell you that it comes with massive risk, Mm. like massive risk. I mean, you're throwing yourself into the fire and we've done that. And, you know, we're also minimalists. We, we live in a 400 square foot studio in Southern California we are from New England. We had our dream home. We had fat paychecks. BJ had a fat paycheck. We had money in the bank. We were in our early 40s. We had every, we, we got to that place that you're supposed to get to. And I was just choking on all of it. It's all got to go. It's all got to go. And it all went. I mean, I'm talking grandmother's jewelry, pictures of ne- nephews and nieces and grandparents in the trash. Everything's gone. And, you know, we packed up our car in 2016, we quit our jobs, we sold our house and we hit the road with no idea of where we were going to live, what we were going to do, how long we were going to be on the road. And six months to the day, we landed here in Carlsbad, California, and it's been the most extreme challenge. It has brought us to our knees, just putting everything into Yogi Triathlete. I just, we know so much from our, our meditation practice and from studying universal law and from testing it out that, um, you know, you can't say I'm going to go after my dreams and have a, have a backup safety plan. Mm. Cause that's telling the universe, like you're only halfway, you're only you're part of the way in. The water. So we've gone a hundred percent in and it's amazing. Now we've got the momentum. We've worked so hard, you know, every day just relentlessly unwavering faith. And we have such incredible momentum. Uh, we have a team of 15 athletes right now and we know we're going to 
be up to about 25 by the end of the year and we're in the slipstream and the slipstream means you keep showing up every single day and you keep having that unwavering faith and belief in yourself that you're here to live out your purpose. And I, I know that what we do, um, training the mind and the body is what we're here to do on this earth. And yeah, it's really cool. So many things that I, I know. There's I know. so many things. <laughs> like I was like, yes, yes, yes. Like so <laughs> many things I relate to on such a, a deep level where like I'm in my own life trying to have that deep faith and like that sense of abundance where you're like, you can't have a backup plan, right? Because then you're living at this, this scarcity mindset and all this kind of stuff. And how crazy those deep rooted things help us take action and I've been learning a lot about this whole, um, it's belief, thought, uh, feelings, actions, results. And so a lot of people try and change the behavior. Did I say behavior? The belief, the, I'm getting all this same stuff, but like they, they try and change the piece that instead of like looking at your core belief. So if you're trying to change the action, that's the word, the action without looking at your core belief, then like nothing. No good. It's temporary. No good. Yeah. No yeah. good. Because the feeling is the manifestation. Yes. So you can be super angry and like in hatred of someone and say, I'm sending them love and light. I'm sending them love and light, but you're actually sending them hate. Because it's the feeling is the manifestation. So if I'm, and let me tell you, like we have been tested crazy. Like for, we put our rent on a credit card for nine months. That is a lot of money on a credit card coming from a debt-free life. And every month I saw that as an opportunity to shift my belief system that because I put my rent on a credit card that I was living in lack right? Because when we live in lack, we're saying to the universe, there's not enough. And so we live 400 steps from the ocean, right? Like we landed in this amazing place. I would walk down to the ocean. Like I would have these rituals to align myself energetically, um, meaning like in the feeling of abundance when I paid that rent every month. Because if I was paying the rent and feeling panicked about it, I was going to create more lack in my life. So most people go spend their lives creating exactly what they don't want. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and so we can put up our vision boards and we can do all that stuff. But if we're not looking at the core belief system, at the behavior patterns and, and willing to let go of those, we're going to continue to create exactly what we don't want. So I would go down to the ocean, I would look at the sand, and I would think about how many grains of sand was there and the abundance of that sand and the abundance of the drops of water that create the Pacific Ocean. And then I would see a school of dolphins go by. And I would think about not just like the amount of dolphin, dolphins in that pod, but the, you know, how big they were and everything that was within them and just their abundance and what they took up in the ocean and how many dolphins were out there and how many things live. And so I would get really, really aligned with this idea that, that the universe is limitless and I'm a part of that. And as a yogi, you know, yoga meaning union, right? It's coming together. It's union that those drops in the ocean are me. Those grains in the sand are me. Those dolphins are me, that there is no line that I, it is my divine right to 
live an abundant life. And then I would come back and I would pay that rent. And I, instead of saying, instead of thinking, oh my gosh, I just put another $1,700 on the credit card. I would say, thank you. I am so grateful to have amazing credit because we had amazing credits. We had these crazy high credit scores, which allowed us to have this, um, as my friend Golden would call it, like free money, you know? And as long as like we just kept it at 0%, we weren't paying money for money. Right. So now we're playing the 0% game and, and, you know, we've, um, we've, we've learned over this experience of risking it all, how to work with our finances with wisdom. We weren't working with our finances with wisdom before we were working with our finances, um, based on our societal conditioning that you've got to hoard your money, that you've got to get a paycheck, that you've got to do what you have to do. And what I realized is that when you align energetically with abundance, holy shit, have we been provided for Things show up. Miracles every day. Miracles every day. Every day miracles. There was this one point where I remember saying like, we get money in the mail every day. Every day we get money in the mail. Every day we get money in the mail. And sometimes we would get this random like $3 check from like an old insurance policy. And I was like, that's money in the mail every day. And then the next day we would get like in a, I don't know. cookbook. Yeah. One of our cookbooks. So Amazon, we get like some kickback change. We're like, this is awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Or like somebody used our Amazon banner ad and we would get like $15 into our business checking account. It was like every day we get money every day. And I started that belief system every day. And when I started looking at it and it might've been like picking up a nickel off the ground, but it was like every day I was getting, we were getting money every day. And so that that was not going to happen if I was living in fear of not having a month enough. So it's the feeling is what the manifestation is, right? It's because everything is energy. This Einstein told us this, this is not like witchcraft. This is freaking physics. Everything is energy and all you, all we need to do, and it sounds simple, but it's not because it's the warrior path is align our energetic resonance with the energy of what it is that we're looking to bring into our life. And there is no other choice that will be brought into your life every single time. Yeah. Because if you, if you are not setting the intention, you're still like, you're saying you want it, but if you're not actually truly believing that that is something you can have, Mm -hmm. you're not sending that energy. It's not in alignment. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's where a lot of people fall. I think that yeah. they, and, and I'm included. I want something. You, you want this goal. I want to get like to Kona. Talk about, talk about Kona. Yeah. yeah Kona. I, I want to qualify for Kona. I want to get to Kona. Like I want to be the best, one of the best in the world and get to the Island, do this big race. And I've said it for what, 14 years since I started mm-hmm. triathlon, but have I really wanted it? And I haven't really got honest with myself to the point of, yeah, like I am worthy and, and so fit and so strong and, and I'm worthy of this opportunity. And that, I know you're probably, like that opened up the unworthiness, right? Who, like who doesn't have unworthiness? Everybody's got some sort of inkling of it, but how do you work with it? Like, how do you start believing in yourself that you are good enough for everything that you want to and the self-sabotage. achieve? Yeah, yes. the self-sabotage too, my God. How many times I would set up a two-hour workout, right? It's on my plan. And then I would dilly-dally all day and finally it becomes night. And then 
I know Jess has an appointment, so she needs to, the room. And I'm like, well, maybe I can squeeze in an hour and a half or an hour. And by the end of it, I've done 45 minutes on the bike when it should have been two hours. Right. Mm-hmm. So do I really want it? No. And if you're honest with yourself, no, you don't really want it. Now, does that mean you have to go out and like be angry and listen to like crazy music and just block everything out and just have that focus? No, it means how is, how is all that energy that we're talking about and momentum moving us forward in the direction towards our goal? Is everything aligning? Is the food you choose aligning with that goal? Is the sleep you're getting? Are the conversations you're having with other people aligned? Like every single thing in your life does it align with moving you towards your goal or away from your goal? Because there's no stasis. There's no neutral, neutral spot. You're either moving away or moving forward, right? So every choice you make, move it, make sure it's, it's moving you forward. Yeah. And the biggest piece you said is the worthiness part, right? And so, I mean, that's something I still like, I, it's funny. Cause I, I was talking to you, I was doing, doing this program and I'm like, Oh, I worked through that. You know, I've recovered from my eating disorder. I am good. And then we started digging in. I'm like, Oh God, I'm not, you know, there's so much more. I'm still using this like worthiness piece as a, a stopper in, in taking action on my dreams because there is this underlying belief that I'm not enough or I'm not worthy. And until we identify that and actually shift that core belief, it's like, like you said, like, it's just, you're going to self-sabotage. Mm-hmm. You're going to, it, nothing is going to align to get you with that end goal. When you truly, if you truly don't believe you're worth it. And we, we live, we live in a world of lack. Yeah. Like you need this, you need this car, you need to look like this. You, I mean, like, I, I remember hearing that for, I've heard that for so long and I kind of thought it was bullshit. Like, yeah, but that's, I mean, yeah. So they sell it, but I don't pay attention to it. Well, yeah, you do. Everything leaves an impression. Everything leaves an impression. So let's say the other thing that our society sells is fear. Yeah. Sells fear like crazy and we are buying it by the bundle. So let's say you're in a restaurant And this is like, we don't even like go to restaurants anymore because I'm like, I don't want to have impressions left on me. You know, people (laughs) who aren't doing the work, I can't, I can't afford that right now. Like literally like we're, we're caught up in this momentum and everything's going in the right direction. I cannot risk any of that. Like, so let's say you go into a restaurant and there's, you know, a television on at the bar, which probably there is, and your back is to that television. And the television is, um, let's say it's like, I'll use my dad, for example, if he was the bartender, he would have it on Fox News. And so, you know, let's all maybe agree that Fox News doesn't necessarily celebrate the lemonade stands in the world and the people who are meditating, but maybe a little bit of some fear-based information. Um, You're in that restaurant, your back is to it, you don't even notice that that television is on. You don't even glance at it the entire meal. You have this amazing meal. You leave the restaurant. The entire time you were there, you were getting this energetic resonance, this residue poured on you of fear. So even though like we might say, oh, well, I don't watch the news. I don't, I don't watch, um, you know, I don't buy those magazines or I don't do, even just seeing them at the the grocery store stand. And if you're engaged, like, you know, especially if you're engaged with it, it's leaving an impression, right? We think that we only have eyes that see forward, but if everything is energy, everything around us is leaving an impression on us. 
And so we, we do, we should probably talk about the white light pantsuit because that's an important piece. Like when you go into these, these, um, public places and, and honestly, when we first started on our meditation journeys, we would do this in the car before walking into family gatherings Hmm. because family is like, come on, like (laughs) they're going to bring up all your stuff. Right. And then we're going to central. Yeah, we're going to blame it on everybody else. We're not going to take any responsibility for it. So, BJ, why don't you tell them about the white light pantsuit that yeah, you this, do every this day? This thing is great. It's awesome. It's amazing. Basically, you're... <laughs> <laughs> it's, ba- it's like boundaries. It's like yeah. putting up your boundaries. Mm. So, in my morning meditation, after I've you know, got my breathing in, I, I take this white light and I start with my feet. And I start at my toes. And I work up the body, the feet, the ankles the shins and you just go all the way up the body and you you can name all the parts or you just move it up and you just visually see this white light, like, like covering your whole body and it goes all the way up to your head. And sometimes we we like to have that big, you know, the member of the snowsuit, you can zip it up and it's like big cones, super protecting you. Snorkel jacket. jacket. (laughs) (laughs) Pull it over the front. So you have this big white light pantsuit all over you and nothing can come into this white light pantsuit. And specifically for training and racing, especially on the swim, when you're in the water with, you know, two or 3000 other people, since I've been zipping up my white light pantsuit, like I don't think about people coming into me. I think about the space that I have that is, that is created from this white light around me. And so people may come in and hit me, but they move on and then they Mm -hmm. swim into me and then they move on. But it's never a clash of, of energy that will stop me in my tracks. So this white light pantsuit protects me. And it, and I first started doing it when I got a serious injury in 2014, uh, my lower back took me, uh, I think it was the sciatic sciatica, um, a lodged disc or something happened there. And I just was unable to race. It was like five weeks before an Ironman and I got the sport that I love taken away from me. Right. That's, that was the thought. Like if this sport's taken away from me, why me, why me? Like mm-hmm. what happened? And it took me some time to process and work through. But after that, I, I started a strong meditation practice and I've been using this white light pantsuit to, to, it basically keeps me healthy and strong and protected. And so when you can, when you can approach family situations when you can go into restaurants, when you can, any challenging situation, take a few moments, collect yourself, take this white light up your full body, feel the, feel it, cover your whole body. And, you know, I have this visual, if you guys can't relate with the, the white light pantsuit, think about the, the Michelin tire guy who's got <laughs> a big suit of tires around him and he's, he's surrounded in white light. Um, I like that guy too, but since I've been using that, it's, it's in whether it works or not for me, it works. It's a, it's a visual cue. It's a mental cue. It's a clearing of the body. It's forcing the energy, any stagnant mucky energy. It's getting it out of your body and pushing it out towards the top because there's no space for it anymore. It's surrounded by white light, right? It's like a squeeze. It's like squeezing everything out except the good stuff. Um, and that's the pit, white light pantsuit in a nutshell. <laughs> I love it. I'm going to try that tomorrow in my meditation. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's good stuff. It's really, really good stuff. And especially if you're dealing with an injury or, you know, an injury emotionally or mentally, like imagine as that white light moves up through the body that it's, it's healing every cell that it, that it passes through. 
everything. I feel the bones. I feel the joint space. I feel every cell. I feel every vein and artery and my heart and my lungs and my ribs. I feel my ribs. I see them just like this bright white cage. And it's a really cool visual. And the more you do it, you will start to get more you will start to get um, more aware, like you will feel that light. You will feel the vibration of that healing. And it's a very, very calming vibration to, um, to sit within and to start your day. And you can do the white light pantsuit. I mean, I do this sometimes in the M21 group. Like I'll take them through it really, really slow. And then some days I'm like, okay, here it is in, in seven seconds, the white light pantsuit. Don't tell me you don't have seven seconds to throw this baby on. Mm. And I'm sure it gives you this opportunity too to actually start feeling the things that we tend to suppress, right? Because now you have no choice but to like, as you're envisioning that and as it's getting to the places that you may feel the pain, it's like, let's sit with that pain. And that's been a new process for me because I'm a suppress, suppress, suppress. I'll deal with it later. I'll deal with it later. And for the first time recently, I was able to understand what it meant to feel that pain. And maybe that was like, something I was ashamed of. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to relive that moment in my head. So I suppressed it. And now I'm like able to sort of relive that moment and be like, I love you. I accept you. I'm feeling it and let it pass. Yes. You got to sit with it. You got to sit with it. And sometimes it's going to, and I know how it feels, man. It's heavy. And it, it like literally can feel constricting. Like you can't really breathe, but healing is not about pushing it away. So the one thing that makes me bananas, and it's obviously my place to do some work is when I walk into a yoga class and the yoga teacher says, quiet your mind, Mm. clear your mind. And I'm like, I just want to be like, bullshit, please. Nobody clear their mind. Please. (laughs) Nobody, nobody try and quiet their mind. Please don't think that meditation is about not having a busy mind. Meditation is absolutely about having a busy mind. It is absolutely about allowing your mind to do what it does because it's just a tool. It's not who you are. Let it do what it does and bring your awareness to to the present moment. A hundred percent of your awareness on what's happening right now, your body, your breath, that sensation that you're sitting with. It's not about... It's not about pushing anything away, but sitting with it. And if we sit with it, with our awareness, maybe on our breath, a hundred percent presence doesn't settle for anything less. You got to go a hundred percent on that breath. Yep. That energy will lift. It will leave and you will be done with it. Now that doesn't mean that there's not a boatload more, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's going to be more, but you're not creating more. I was, I was talking, I was having a, I do private sessions. I was doing a private session with somebody today about this. And I was talking about, um, like if you think about, for example, credit card debt, so you want to get out of credit card debt. Well, the first thing you do is, is stop creating more debt. Right. Stop creating more debt, right? So, so when we indulge these emotions, when we sit in, and I, and I get it, they show up and they're so true. And there's so many thoughts that want to just correlate with them. And you get into this spiral of like thinking and feeling, thinking and feeling, thinking and feeling. And what we want to do in that moment, what true present moment awareness is, is having the experience of that moment, not, not paying attention to the moment and thinking about the moment, but having that experience of the moment where your awareness is anchored in. This is mind training. This is true mind training is 
bringing your awareness away from those thoughts and into your breath. I always use the breath. The breath is our greatest interface to our nervous system. It's, I find very, there's very little for the mind to judge about the, the breath. It's just the breath. It's just an experience. And so when you can train your mind to be away from the thoughts, it doesn't mean you have to stop the thoughts, but you're not indulging the thoughts. You're not indulging that nasty, mucky feeling that you're experiencing. You're just letting it be there and you're not creating more of it. Right. We don't want to create, stop putting things on the credit card. Like it's your, you know, it's your karmic bank. And some people will say, well, I don't really know if I believe in karma. Well, let me just tell you, you can think that you believe in it or not believe in it. It doesn't really matter because it's universal law and universal law is neutral. And universal law says that every action has an equal and opposite reaction. Right. So every action. So if I, um, punch somebody in the face, the equal reaction is going to be that I'm going to get physically hit at some point. The opposite in that is that it's coming back to me. So everything is action and and the reaction because of what you did, right? So we all are accumulating. Well, we try, I, I try not to anymore. Like I got to that point where my teacher was telling me about this and I was like, well, wait a minute. If I've already created all this karma by being the crazy person I used to be, I don't want to create any more karma, right? I don't want to do that anymore. So it's really watching the mind. What are you indulging? The thoughts that you're indulging, the actions that you're taking, the words. Oh my God, words are so, so powerful. Words are so powerful. What are these things that you're indulging in? Because I can tell you that they are all the precursors of what you're creating in your life because we create it all. Mm. Oh, yes, we do. All of it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I, I kind of want to explore that a little bit more because I might, I feel like people are like, what do you mean I create it? So mm. like, what would you say to someone who asked that question? I guess I'll ask the question. What do you <laughs> that's, that's a good, it's like, I, like I create it. Okay. So let's take the, um, Let's take the simple, let's take a simple, uh, a very common thing about like, oh, this happened to me. Mm-hmm. This happened to me. This person said this to me and they made me feel this way. Okay. So what that does when we, we, when we, believe, when we have a belief system that things happen to us, we become a victim. When we're a victim, we have no power. There's no power in being a victim. When we start to shift, right, by watching our words, watching our thoughts, watching our actions to everything is happening for me, for me, right? Now I've got power. Oh, this is happening for me. I've got an opportunity to learn. I've got an opportunity to heal. I've got an opportunity to grow. Now I'm not, now I don't have any, now I'm powerful and not powerless. But if I sit in that victim stance, then I'm going to be put because everything is energy, right? I can't, I can't stress that enough. So if we're putting it out that I'm not powerful, I'm not powerful, I'm not powerful, then we're very much going to be that person that people step on, that people dump their stuff on, that people do things to, right? Or, but when we can start to take our power back and say, Hey, wait a minute, that guy wasn't a jerk to me because he's a jerk. He was a jerk to me to show me that, what just came up within me was that I feel, I feel unworthy and powerless. Okay. Then my lesson here is that I 
need to learn how to feel worthy and powerful. How can I do that? And a lot of times we, we, I mean, it starts with just changing, changing our words. So I don't know if I, did I answer that the right way? I mean, it can be applied to anything. It can be applied to anything. It's, it's, we create it all. Um, it's, it's, it's karma, right? So whatever we're doing, it's going to come back to us. So there's the negative karma, right? If we're going to label it, there's the negative karma and then there's the good karma, right? So right now, BJ and I are experiencing the really good karma. We're experiencing people really supporting us and money coming through in ways that we never thought money was going to come through. And we've created all of this and we created it because the day that we left our house in 2016 and didn't know where we were going to live or what we were going to do, our, our, every single day we woke up and we said, all channels open, mm. all channels open. We're willing to get pulled off the road at any time, live where we're supposed to live and just all channels open, not having hard yeah. lines. Mm-hmm. And because we had all channels open, we, you know, it required us to get out of our comfort zone and, and do things that, you know, didn't work out and some things that did work out, but all of it was us just showing up and doing the work, moving constantly towards our goal of creating Yogi Triathlete as a viable business because it is our divine right to be able to pay our bills. And so by practicing and, and believing in that every single day, we have now created an incredible amount of momentum that it's all coming, like it's all turning around. We're, start, we're starting to tip the scales and we created this. But we didn't, I think it's key to, we didn't go out with the intention of, we want to be flooded with all this money. Like this is the purpose that we're in here. Like if we do all steps A, B, and C, we expect reward, you know, yeah. D and F. Like that's what we expect back. And I think that was a big lesson where we're just doing the work for the sake of the work right? When you start to attach expectations and let's go back to Kona, like when you have that expectation that you belong there and that you have to hit this time, then you start adding pressure and suffering. Like you actually suffer. But when you don't have that, when you set that, you have a goal, right? Cause we're all, we all want to achieve something. You have the goal, but then you detach from it. Like you just, okay, there it is. Okay, great. Now, what do I do in the moment? Like, what can I do right now to move me towards that goal? And we, when we removed the time frame, we didn't know how long we were going to be on the road. You know, six months just happened to be six months. It could have been three months. We could have just flown from Rhode Island to California and been <laughs> fine. But I think when we left all channels open, we removed the timeline. We removed, we removed any hard lines of, and expectations, and we just sat with ourselves and the experiences that were ahead of us. Mm, yeah. Yeah, and... Yes. And, and, and sitting like there were times when we were sitting in such intensity, right? Because I can tell you that when you rid yourself of everything you own, the only thing you can't rid yourself of is yourself. Like you go along on that trip with you. Right. So because we didn't have a mortgage to pay, we didn't have an electric bill to pay. There was no distraction in our life. Our stuff, quote unquote, stuff came rushing up to the surface, like right up to the surface. And we had to sit with it. I mean, we weren't in a, we weren't in a, we weren't doing van life. We were in a Honda fit with our golden retriever. Like it was not a big, there was not a lot of space in that car. And I remember this one point we were driving through um, Missouri, like 
through, uh, yeah, through St. Missouri. Louis. Oh, yeah. Missouri. Yeah. Kansas. And I was like, I, I was just in those that way. And I know that everybody can relate to this, that, you know, you wake up some days and it's just heavy, right? Now we, some people would label it as a bad day. Here's a great way to do a further explanation of how we create it. I'm having a bad day. I'm having a bad day. I'm having a bad day. Well, guess what? Every time you say you're having a bad day, you're going to create more of that bad day, right? I have a bad ankle. I have a bad ankle. I have a bad back. I have a bad back. Well, it's going to be bad as long as you keep telling it that it's bad. Mm -hmm. So I was having one of those moments where I had a lot of intensity. It was always fear. It was always fear-based. Like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, oh my God, we could have just flown for $500. And instead we, you know, we spent, we spent like $50,000, which was like pretty much all we had from the money that we got when we sold our house. And I remember sitting in the car that day with a lot of fear and I was leaning up against the window and I could see my reflection in the side mirror, like on the outside of the car. And I was just looking at myself in my eyes and I was like having this thought, which I thought was so hysterical and so real. It was like, well, I could just open up the door and roll out and just let it be over right into the middle of this highway. Or I can sit here. I can sit here and I can breathe until it passes. And obviously I chose to sit with it, but it was like, that's sometimes how it felt. Like I could just end it all, or I can sit in the shit. Mm. And sitting in the shit will pay you back tenfold every single time because smoking that joint or hammering the wine or going out and doing shots because you had a bad day, the only thing that does is it just presses it down into a little vault that is 100% available for festering and infection. (laughs) And it just goes down there to rot. And when it comes back up, it's not pretty. I've had a big lesson in the suppression piece pretty much my whole (laughs) life. But when you realize it, like when you're aware of it and you're like, oh, there were so many things I was suppressing that led to this explosion because it's never in the way you want. You know, it's like we've been taught you can't cry. You can't do this. It's like, no, when the feeling comes up, it's a natural thing for your body. Your body knows what to do with the emotion. Let it do its job, right? It's just like, like growing a baby. Your body knows how to do that. You don't have to tell it what to do. Just let it happen. Let it do its job. And I had a a big moment with processing anger because unprocessed anger then turns into aggression, right? So when you feel angry, (laughs) get it out in the privacy of your home, in the bed, like, like punch pillows, scream, do whatever you need to do to process and let that anger pass and move on. (laughs) It's yes, exactly. And And move on, move on. Yeah. That's the thing. Like have your, have your session, have your session, put all you want into it but then leave it and move, move forward. Then it's time to move forward. Yeah. That's so important. And I can relate to that. Like, I don't want anyone to make any mistakes that I was who I am now, you know, 20 years ago, because I was angry Mm. and I was living from my ego and I was smoking pot every single day because that was the only thing that allowed me to be who I wanted to be. It took Mm. the edge off right? I get it. I was jealous. I would wish failure on people. I I mean, you name it. It's, and I've sat with all of that residue and 
I mean, when I tell you there's times where I felt like I've given birth through my mouth moving energy, I mean, it's just choking on this nasty festered infection of energy that from God knows what moving out, like through my throat in my mouth and feeling like I might not get another breath because there's no room. I mean, I have had insane experiences of moving out just the nastiest, stickiest goo you could ever imagine. And I am living proof that, that if you just don't force, don't resist, right? No force, no resist, and just anchor that awareness into the present moment and get out of the way, Mm. get out of the way. You don't need to white knuckle this healing does not need to be forced or white knuckled. The body knows exactly what to do. And I love that when I was at school in um, the Boulder college massage therapy and I was taking this trauma. We were being trained in trauma release. I can't remember. Trauma in the body is actually what it was called. And it was about shock trauma. So not like developmental trauma, but shock trauma. I don't know. At this point, my perspective, I don't know what would be different if, if, if energy is energy. But one of the assignments we had, and this was like, I swear this was like a turning point in my life, was go into a parking lot, like far away from everyone and just scream. Hmm. just scream. I think I might've gotten a little addicted to it because it was such an incredible release. And then sometimes it would end in laughter. Sometimes it would just end in like, I am so exhausted. I can't even speak. Sometimes it would end in tears, but I, I got it out. Like I would just go and I would just scream. And if there was something to move, it would move and sometimes it was like, all right, well, there's not much here, so I'm just going to move on. Yeah. Right? Something's, it's, it's locked. It's, it's not ready to go. But I loved that assignment. I, I think it saved, I, I could say it saved my life. It probably saved the lives of others, actually. <laughs> I was probably probably like, <laughs> 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 no, I hear that. That, the same um, like exercise for me, I've had this. So I lost my job. I lived in Boulder. Um, and I lost my job last year and we did kind of a road trip in my RAV through my boy, my boyfriend and I, and then we ended up in park city and for this past. And I think like when that happened, I didn't have a chance to like, it, it didn't, I didn't fully process it. You know, it's one of those things where I'm like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And as the, like, I kept having these like meltdowns and, and, when I got this assignment to like release, it was the first time where after I let out all of this like anger that I had built up probably for the last year and more, <laughs> mm-hmm. I felt this sense of stress and anxiety here just leave my body. And it was one of those things where I was like, I never knew how to process anger in a healthy way. And it would then turn into aggression and all these other things. And so, yeah, when you can release it and let it out, like the, like you said, you're exhausted or you just feel this lightness and it's like this openness that now other things have, like there's room for other things. And Mm -hmm. it's amazing what happens when you feel and process and move forward from your emotions. Yeah. I mean, I used to roll my eyes at like that, that, um, that saying like, you got to feel to heal, but it's like, that's, that's truth. 
That is truth. And it's badass. It is badass. We just did a flight to Boulder a couple, uh, last month, BJ was racing Ironman Boulder. And I, I love to meditate on the plane <clears throat> because it's a wonderful thing to be in service of other people to bring that calmness to a plane because you know that people are freaking out. And so I did a 90 minute meditation. I did not want to do 90 minutes. Like there was all this chatter in my head about just do 45. You're fine. And then there was something telling me like, you got to go 90 girl. And I absolutely needed to go 90 because something moved that was so gnarly. I was in the, over the course of those 90 minutes with my eyes closed, I was sweating. I was cold. I felt like I was going to throw up. I, wanted so bad to get out of my seat. I wanted so bad to open my eyes and I just stayed with it. And I just stayed with the breath and I stayed with the breath and I stayed with the breath. And I don't know what I looked like, nor do I care at this point. Cause I was like, Oh, there is plus something. You your, your hood on. Yeah. Plus I had a hood on. We call it our <laughs> meditation hood. We put our hoodies on, like put the meditation hood on. We, I probably look like a crazy person. And it was, I came out of that meditation. And I remember just looking at BJ and I was like, that was bad ass. Like, whoa, that requires some serious cojones to sit in sensation and practice being calm, practice getting out of the way, practice not responding to every impulse of the mind. Mm. You know, I wanted to, I could have taken one of those seats and like ripped it out of the plane and thrown it down the aisle. I mean, there was, this energy was so gross and I just sat with it and I let my body do what it had to do to get it out. Mm. And to me, like, that's tough. Mm. Like that is really, that makes me feel super worthy that I can sit with that. Yeah. When I think a lot of people maybe don't um, take the time to feel their emotion because they're afraid they're never going to get out of it. Mm. And, and, and when in fact, all they're doing is creating more of it by not allowing it to move. Because yeah. it will fester. And then if it doesn't move emotionally, it's going to come out in illness, injury, or, injury. or disease. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, <laughs> there's just so many good things <laughs> that like what happens when you take the time to process those things, like the kind of growth that comes from it is the most beautiful, incredible most freeing thing I've ever experienced. And so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So sitting still, I mean, a lot of people don't want to sit still, no. right. And, and, and sitting, sitting with yourself, like just did on the airplane, like you're sitting with yourself, like we're all conditioned to move. We're all conditioned to have stimulus, the TV, Netflix, or, you know, whatever, look at scroll through your phone. We all have that stimulus, but, but what if we just sat quietly with ourselves for one minute. I, I can tell you during this trip that we took across the country, we rarely listened to the radio. Like it was just the two of us in a car listen, listening to each other talk or not talk. If we didn't want to talk sitting in silence with our own thoughts. And there'd be times where like, we come back to each other and be like, Whoa, like <laughs> where are we now? Okay. Like, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. But, like, whoa. <laughs> oh my God. I was just moving some fear. How about you? Yeah. yeah. Fear was a big one, but, I, but I, that, that it just goes back to facing that, that those experiences, which we always shy away from. Right. We always, we always want to have something in our, 
in our visual awareness that will keep us stimulated. And so, you know, when we start teaching our yoga classes and we have them sit for one or two breaths, like you see the fidgeting, you see the, the movement, like it's, it's a society where we, where we're conditioned to move and, 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 and keep active. But what we need more of is the, the stillness and the space and the ability to see the aggression inside, the anger inside, the feelings that are well coming up and, and how do we, how do we work with them? Like, it's going to take time. It's not going to be an overnight thing. It's not going to be like, Oh, Jess just told me I need to meditate for 90 minutes and I'll be all done with my, my stuff. <laughs> Please don't start with 90 minutes. <laughs> it'll, be waste, it'll be a waste of time. That's yeah. not going to happen. Minutes. It's, no. As our meditation teacher says, it's a little bit every day over a long period of time. Yeah. It's not a quick fix. Guys, we've been doing this. At, we're in our forties. Like we built up all this stuff. It's going to take time to get all this stuff out, but it's, you can start right now. You can choose, you can get in the space and choose your next decision. That's going to move you towards where you want to be and what mm-hmm. you want to work on. hundred yeah. percent. So we're running low, running low on time. I was like, I wouldn't even talk about anything I wrote down. This is such a beautiful conversation. (laughs) Um, I do want to ask though, for someone who's listening to this and they're like, I've suppressed my whole life meditation. What, like, what are you talking? Like, how do you, what would you say to someone who is just learning how to start feeling their feelings? Like what's their first step in all of this that we're talking about? What's the first step in, in maybe recognizing that they have these feelings inside? Yeah. Or like someone who's just suppressed their whole life and they're like, I don't know if I know how to feel, you know? Yeah. Well, I, th- I think, I think the first step is the is first thing in the morning when you wake up before you put your feet on the ground, you sit there and take one conscious breath. Mm. You sit quietly, you take one conscious breath, you feel that breath come in and that you feel that breath go out for the rest of your day. You're probably not going to be thinking about your breath at all. You're going to be off into things that are happening. But if you can start your day, the first thing you do when you get up, take a conscious breath. And then maybe, just maybe, the next few days, you start to take two conscious breaths. And then three. And then, whoa, now you're grounded. Now you're like in the, when you wake up in the morning, you feel the bed, you feel the sheets, you feel your hands, you feel everything in your body, you feel your dry mouth, whatever it is, you feel like, Oh, maybe your dreams like come flooding in over your thoughts. That's when you start to get quiet. And when you're quiet and still, that's when you can see these thoughts. And that's when all the stuff that you've suppressed begins to show its face. And it may, it's not going to come at once. It may just show a little, little glimpse, little glimpse of it. But you can pull that thread. You can keep pulling that thread a little bit, a little bit each day, and it's going to continue to show up. And then maybe, just maybe, your breaths turn into a morning practice where you're sitting there for five or 10 minutes. But it's the first thing you do. So that's, that's key because as you start to delay and you start to push it to the end of the day or when you'll have time later on, it rarely, rarely gets done, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, I mean, we're all shaking our heads. We all know this because we, we do it. Um, we know that if you delay, it's, it's probably not going to happen. But the first thing in the morning, if you can do that, you start to set the habit. That's what we're doing. We're undoing some stuff and setting a new habit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would, I 100% absolutely agree with BJ. That's where you start. And then I would also, if, if you, if, if you want to add to that, 
creating an attitude of gratitude, which is another catchphrase, which I always thought like, I've got, I'm grateful. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. Nope. I am grateful now. I am so grateful now. Um, I'm so grateful because creating gratitude, cultivating gratitude in my life has set me free mm. because it has shifted me away from looking at what I don't have and allowing my automatic pilot to be being grateful for what I do have. So when we were sitting in our dream house with the car paid off and no debt and money in the bank and all the furniture I could ever dream of, I was not free. I was not free. When we sold our house and we got into our car and we had you know money in the bank and everyone said we were going to be free, I wasn't free. And now I sit here in this little 400 square foot studio with a mountain of debt and I am free. Mm. And so a little prayer, mantra, phrase, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Every morning I, I wake up and this is the first thing I say in the morning. It's the last thing I say before I go to bed and I wrap my meditation in it as well. I say at the beginning of meditation, at the end of meditation, and it goes, I am so grateful for everything I am, everything I have, and everything that is coming my way. Mm. Right? Because when you say that you are thankful for everything that's coming your way, (laughs) and bad, (laughs) (laughs) you are grateful for every opportunity for for every opportunity there is to heal. When that annoying coworker charges you up, you are grateful for that opportunity to notice what is brought up within you. And that is an opportunity to heal. Just like in yoga, the poses are not the yoga. The poses are the vehicles for the practice of yoga. That annoying coworker is just a vehicle for your healing. It's just a vehicle for your healing. Your relationship is a vehicle for your healing. Your job is a vehicle for your healing. Your relationship to food is your vehicle to healing. And starting every day with that one breath is going to start to create some space in your life because busy has nothing to do with your calendar. Nothing. It has everything to do with your skill of paying attention to what's being in the experience of what's happening right now. Use your breath to get there a hundred percent. You can be present in an instant. I love that so much. Yeah. I don't even know if there's anything to say after that. Cause I feel like that is the, that's the epitome of everything that we talked about today. Like the, and I'll add to that too, something that I'm also doing that's really easy. I'll, I, I wrote down your little, your mantra here. I, I love that. And I'm going to share that. I want to write that so that that's something people can have access to. I've also been writing five things every single morning when I wake up, five things I'm grateful for. And that starting with that mindset, then you, then I, you know, you start noticing the present. You start noticing, oh, wow, it's so light in here. Like you are, cause you can't, like when you're in a state of gratefulness, like nothing else there's, it's kind of like a shield, right. Of like, I don't know how to explain it, but you just, you're able to ground yourself when you're in a place of gratefulness and you can just lead from a place of light. And you're creating more of that feeling in your life. You're creating more of that feeling in your life. So whatever you focus on expands, 
to get back to that idea of we create it all, whatever you focus on expands. If you're focusing on your poor relationship with food, you're going to continue to have a poor relationship with food. If you focus on your bad back or your annoying coworker, those things are not going to shift because when you're focusing on those lower vibrations, you're resisting the higher ones, yes. the opposite, you know? And so the opposite perspective of seeing that all of that is an opportunity. It's all right there going, Hey, we're trying to show you our, your stuff. Like here's your stuff. And, but nobody ever taught us how to do this. No, that's the thing. Nobody ever taught us. So I learned, and now this is what I teach. And I'm so grateful that this is what I get to do. And it's not perfect. And I go into private sessions and I think, I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't know. I don't know anything. And then I get present and I take five breaths and I go into the call and the words always come. They always come. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. <laughs> Definitely. Um, I could talk to you all night. I love this, this topic and what we're digging into because it's one, I, we were talking about this before, is it's what I'm digging into right now in my coaching program. It's, I feel like the answer to just a new way of, of living, it, it'll it just, I have no words. <laughs> it's the, it will, it's, you know, in short, it's the answer to suffering. Yes. It's the end of suffering. We were not designed to suffer. <laughs> no, it is our divine right to live in joy. Light and love and peace and Light harmony and love and love. Yeah. And love. That, is our, love. that is our core. That is who we are is love. And so if it's not love, I know that I don't have to entertain it. Yeah. Yeah. We have, we have the ability to make the choices in our life and choose the things that will lead us to our higher vibrations. We can rid our life of that lower vibration energy. We can align ourselves with where we want to be. We set those intentions. It's like, how empowering is it to understand that we have so much choice in this life and the way that we show up is everything and the way that we process things internally and knowing that we meet our needs ourselves and everything else is added value because we have the tools to meet all of our needs. Mm -hmm. So Yep. It's a lot of good stuff. <laughs> and you know, we're living a really grounded life. Like we're endurance athletes. I'm going out and hitting the trails for five hours and BJ's, you know, did an eight hour bike the other day. Like we're out there, we're in the physical world. We're not like, you know, I'm not doing these weird dance rituals <laughs> in the living room on the full moon in Venus. I mean, I don't even know what any of that means. Like this is no fluff, like mindset training, neural pathway development. And, you know, and we're getting it done. We're getting it done. This is available for everyone. And it starts with one breath. Yep. One breath every morning, like BJ said, please start with that. 100%. Jess and BJ, where can everyone find you if they want to connect? They can find us at yogitriathlete.com. And then all our social accounts, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram are all at yogitriathlete. All one word. Perfect. I will link everything up in the show notes. Um, this has been an amazing conversation. I so appreciate you two and what you're doing. And I'm so thankful for this, this hour that we've had tonight. And just thank you. 
Awesome. Thank you so Thank much. You. I'm, I'm yeah. psyched to connect with you. And, you know, it's, it's all about, for us, it's, it's what can we do to make a positive impact in the world that is for the good of all. And so the more that we can get these stories out there and these words out there. So thank you for providing the opportunity for us to do that and share that with your community. It's, it's really important for the future. Uh, yes. <laughs> so important. <laughs> um, well, thank you. Thanks everyone for being here and we will all chat soon. Bye. Thank you so, so much for listening and for being here with me. If you want more resources, pop on over to www.stephanie-dankelson.com. And until next time, stay radiant.